0: You uh, for being with us. Uh, Job chapter nine. I want to draw your attention to two verses of scripture this morning, taken in verse thirty-two and also verse thirty-three. My prayer during this time is that you would continue praying for us, and as we pray for you, um, we we know that we are living in uh, unprecedented times. Uh, and we're in uncharted waters. However, we are excited about that day and hour in which we live. Uh, as I said last night, uh, we are not victims, we are victors. This should be our shining moment. Uh, the church is not headed out, the church is headed up. And uh, we thank you for tuning in today. If, once again, Job chapter 9, verse 32 and 33. And it reads this way. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him. And we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. One more time. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him. And we should come together in judgment, neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. If you'd give me a few minutes this morning, I want to minister on this subject, the answer to all of life's questions. The answer to all of life's questions. Would you pray with me right there in your home? Father, I need you this morning. Life Springs Worship Center needs you this morning. God, we are praying, God, for a harvest of souls today. We are praying, Lord, that you would draw us all to the bleeding side of Calvary. Father, we would be amiss this morning not to take time to thank you. We thank you for giving us a pause. In the hustle and bustle of this world, so many times we do not take time to pause, but today, Lord, we pause, and we praise you, and we pray to you, and we recognize, Lord, in the hustle and bustle of this world, the one thing that we need we've neglected the most. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for opportunities such as today, and we ask that you would bless. But, Father, as we seal this prayer this time, I do understand there are many questions being asked. But, Father, today we thank you for the answer to all of life's questions. Blessing this service in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Years ago, uh, growing up in Sunday school, I was taught that if you did not know the answer to a question, the answer was always the same. However, we know in life there can be certain questions that are asked where that answer may not be the same. As I was taught in Sunday school, Jesus is always the answer. But I want you to know today, uh, Jesus is the answer for the sin remedy. Jesus is the answer uh, for the perplexity of life but sometimes we put the name of Jesus on things that he never calls, that he's not the reason behind. However, I do believe that Jesus is still the answer for all of life's questions. In this particular text, we understand that Job has many questions. If you've ever read the book of Job, Job has many questions. And the, my question to, today to you would be, why wouldn't he? If you've ever studied the life of Job, you understand there were many things that he has gone through. He's gone through many afflictions. He's gone through uh, the sorrow of grief. Can you imagine losing ten children? Can you imagine, as some of you can, having your uh, integrity questioned like Job was? He was a righteous man. Uh, He was upright in everything that he, he had done, but his integrity was still Question. Job even finds himself in the book of Job at a place where he is kind of depressed, if you will. And he's cursing the day that he was born, and he's longing for the day of his death. And Job has many questions. But in the midst of the affliction, in the midst of the grief, in the midst of all of that, Job settles in his heart, I will worship but I want to tell you something this morning, beloved. Just because we worship, just because we praise, does not mean that we are exempt from the questions. I have many questions that I'm asking right now as we go through uh, this uh, unparalleled time. We've, in my life, we've never been here before. So I do have many questions just like Job. However, we have not suffered on the level that Job has. But we do know that sometimes in questioning, if you read Job chapter 8, we understand that his friend, Bildad, tries to come to his rescue, and he, he begins to answer some of Job's questions. And while some of it has been truth, understand by the time you get to chapter 9, Job makes it known that the answers that came from Bildad do not suffice. Neither does it do away with all of his questions. The questions still remain. So in chapter 9, we see that in verse 2, he asked the question, what's it going to take for a man to live righteous? How should a man be just before God? He asked in verse 4, if you will, he He asked, if a man has hardened his heart, how can he prosper? But the question that I find most intriguing is around verse 12 when he said, who's going to ask him, what are you doing? He finds himself in a state where he's asking questions. Job has never, never claimed to be perfect. He's never claimed to be that, but he finds himself at a place where he's crying out, for someone who would plead his cause, someone that would go to bat for him, someone that would just come alongside of him and, and, and maybe comfort. So many of us at times, we have had issues in life where we've asked questions that seemingly we want someone to answer in this life. We've also had times in life where we have add questions where we want other people to present them for us. We want them to come alongside of us. Questions like, why is this happening to me? The pandemic we have today is happening all over the world, but sometimes why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? And I know this has been a prolonged introduction But I just want to hasten to tell you, in the midst of questioning, Job comes up with three realizations or recognizes three things in this particular passage. First of all, he recognizes that he is not deity. He recognizes that he is not God. For he says this, For in verse 32, he says, For he is not a man as I am a man that I might answer him. Job is recognizing he's not on the same level as God. Now, I know this may come as a shock to some of us today in modern-day preaching, but he's still high above us. I'm thankful for a God that will stand behind me. I'm thankful for a God that will stand beside me. But I'm also thankful for a God who knows how to stand alone. And what Job is portraying here, what he's trying to say to us is this, that God is superior and that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He talks about the transcendence of God. God is above creation. So Job knows his limitations, but he understands the one that he's talking to is unlimited today. uh, When we parallel these teachings, they're, There may be uh, some out there would say we are parallel with God, and just because we're his sons and daughters, we are immune from problems. But uh, the truth of the matter is that is not true. Job tells us he is not deity. So if he is not deity and he knows God is deity, he understands second of all this, number two, he needs a defense. He needs a defense. He needs someone to plead his case. He understands his limitations. He understands that he is finite. He understands that God is infinite. He understands no matter what he brings up before God, there will be an answer. He realizes that he needs a defense. He just needs someone to speak on his behalf. So number three, he recognizes he needs a daysman. He says, he's not a man like me that I can just go before him. And as the new King James says, that we may go to court together, that we can do this in judgment. But he said, yet there's no daysman Between us, Job essentially is saying, I need a daysman. I need someone that is a go between. I need someone that has the ability to touch me, but also touch God. I need someone that knows what I'm feeling. I need someone that has been touched with my infirmities. I need someone that knows a little bit about what I'm going through because I can't plead that to God. However, if I just have that someone. Now, beloved, Joe poses the question in my mind. I need a daysman. Who will be my One that will go between us. One that can lay his hands on both of us. If you'll be honest with me today as you're tuning in, there have been times you have needed someone to plead your cause. There has been times you have needed a go-between. And while I believe that the question is posed in the book of Job, the answer comes thousands of years later when the seed of God is enters the womb of woman, and perfect man and perfect God come together. Understand this. I believe the answer comes when he asks, when he's asking the question, I believe the answer comes uh, in a person. And that man is named Jesus. Understand First Timothy 2 and 5. As Job is asking the question, basically, who will be this go-between before me? The apostle Paul answers that, and he says there is one God, and he says there is one mediator between God and man. That is the man Christ Jesus. There's only been one man that can ever touch heaven, but yet also touch earth earth i'm thankful today that we have a mediator we have one that's that knows that knows how to tell god what we're going through he saw broken humanity years ago and he can identify with what we're going through he can touch broken man but yet he can have intimacy with holy god today as you're watching you're just like me you need to go between But you say, well, Alan, that sounds like a fancy Bible story. But what does that mean to me today? I'm living in 2020. Well, my friend, don't get it twisted. The same mediator that Job needed, you need today. The same mediator that the Apostle Paul needed, you need today. Let me remind you, and I want to say it again don't get it twisted. It's no different mediator. There's only one name that's ever been given unto heaven, and that's the name of Jesus where you must be saved. Understand that. But not only that, I want you to understand as you're wondering, well, who's going to plead my case? Who's going to come alongside of me? Which which mediator? There's not many mediators. There's only one mediator, and that's the man Christ Jesus. Do you remember in Acts 1 and 11 where where the story goes like this. Ye men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? This same Jesus that you see leaving here, in like manner, he's coming back. Uh, If you give me a few more minutes, I want to talk about that same Jesus. I'm talking about the same Jesus in Mark chapter 2 that raised a paralytic man that was being born of four. I'm talking about the same Jesus that in John chapter 5 that finds a man by the pool of Bethesda and, and, and he, asks, he poses the question, "Wilt thou be made whole? I'm talking about the same Jesus that ran up on a, an adulterous woman in John chapter 8, ha, hallelujah, and forgave her of her sins. I'm talking about the same Jesus that in John chapter 4 met a woman at the well. Don't get it twisted. The one that you need, the go-between today, the one that I need and, and your family needs, uh, his name is Jesus. And he's the answer to all of your questions. As the praise team comes at this time, and I'll hasten to a close, I just want you to understand, first of all, we'll make sure you get everything in its entirety. The main issue today won't be the kinks in the system The main issue today is there's a lot of people that have questions in life. And while I cannot do away with the questions, the questions will be there for the rest of your life. As long as you live, you will have certain questions. But the answer is simple. Someone asked one time, Alan, are you saying that all of your problems are solved in Jesus? Essentially, yes, I'm not saying my problems are over, but I'm saying they've been solved. No matter what happens to this world, I've made my election sure. I've trusted in Him as Lord and Savior. But many of you have questions this morning. But I want you to know this is not the first time we've ever been here in life. So in concluding this today, can I just tell you one more story? It was around the end of the 19th century. There was a songwriter by the name of Alfred Ackley. He wrote this song, He Lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Well, that was okay during Alfred Ackley's time because at that particular time in history, I'm not saying uh, there was nothing going wrong, uh, no negative influence, but what I'm saying is those were pretty good times when Alfred wrote that song. There were no wars, there were no calamities. There were no pandemics when he coined that song or when he penned the words of that song. But it, wouldn't, it would be soon afterwards that the United States uh, would be hit with a great earthquake. In 1914 to 19, I believe it's around 18, I may be off on my dates, we would face a world war. By 1929, in the United States, we would go into a depression. By 1939, I believe it is, or 38 through 1945, we would face the Second World War. Not long after that, 1950 to 1953, the Korean War. And by 1965, the Vietnam War. But in 1918 and 1919, uh, the United States was hit with what we call a pandemic. And so when you put all of that together, you've got Alfred Ackley over here singing He Lives to a congregation of believers that at that time, that was great. He lives, He lives, and we need to know that, especially as we approach the resurrection time. He lives, and I want to let you know He does live. But after Alfred Ackley wrote that song, there were more generations that arose that came on the scene. And little by little, they were no longer hearing He lives. They were going through calamity. They were going through hardships. They were going through trials and and even when you get a little past Vietnam, the question is, he lives, so what? What does that mean to me? What does that mean to you? He lives. Okay, he lives, but what about me? I'm like Job. I'm faced with this. And it's great that he lives. What, how is that going to benefit me? Well, around the early 1970s, there was another songwriter that came on the scene. His name was Bill Gaither. He realized the question that society was asking. He lives, so what? And you know what Bill did? He put one word in front of he lives. And this is what he said, because he lives. Because he lives, my friend, with the question, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, my friend, with the fear, all fear can be gone. Because he lives, I know, I know I can face the future. Why? Because he lives. And because he lives, life is worth the living just because he lives. My friend, that mediator I talked to you about, that daysman I talked to you about, he's not the answer from for some of life's questions. He's the answer for every question, and he's your answer this morning. Some of you are at home and you're worried. Some of you are fearful. Some of you may be like me. You're excited no matter what category you find yourself under. Everyone needs a daysman. Everyone needs someone to go before God and to plead their case. That answer came 2,000 years ago in the form of Jesus the Christ. He's not a way, my friend. He's the only way. He's not a life. He's the life. Amen. Amen. He's not a truth. He's the only truth. No man comes to the Father except by Him. So, by chance, I know I'm talking to a lot of our church members, people that I pastor, but just by chance, maybe somebody's tuning in and you're asking the question just like Job, what's going to happen? What do I need? What you need this morning is a daysman. Here's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to trust that daysman. His name is Jesus. He's the only Savior. Trust Him as Savior and Lord. Repent of your sins. Give your life to Jesus. And move forward in Him. Heavenly Father, right now, I ask God that you would touch all of those that are viewing And God, that you would minister. Father, we recognize this morning, we're not deity. God, I don't have you figured out. I know what I study in your word. But I know at the end of the day, no matter what happens in this world, I need a defense and I need a daysman. And I thank you, Lord, that some years back, while I still had the questions, I discovered the answer. And I'm asking you today, Lord, to touch all of those. And God, you will set in perfect peace those whose mind is staked on you. God, not only grant peace to the Life Springs members, but all of those that are viewing today grant perfect peace. and Father, I'm asking that you would bring people to the bleeding side of Calvary. My friend, trust Him as Lord and Savior today. The things of tomorrow are sufficient for the things of tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. God bless you. Would you make this a time of prayer right in your home? Would you pray that God would bring a harvest to souls, not to Life Springs Worship Center, but in the kingdom of God. We love you. God bless you.